Welcome to Moms in the Hub podcast, the one and only podcast for Love It Moms. I share mom fells, discuss trending mom topics, and highlight amazing parents in the 806. So grab a drink and join me as we navigate motherhood in the Hub City. Make sure to give a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Danae Hooks. I'm an author, speaker, Love It Moms contributor, and chaos coordinator to three pretty amazing kids. And um, I have a little disclaimer before we get started today. I We are currently home in quarantine. My husband tested positive for COVID on um, Monday, and he had very minor symptoms, but decided because of our daughter and her health that he would go ahead and get tested, and it came back positive. We have quarantined him into the bedroom, and so far, it's I'm recording this on a Friday, so so far nobody else has had any symptoms. I tested negative. My results came back. Nobody else is showing any signs, and my husband's symptoms are completely gone. Um, but we are still in quarantine, so I'm recording this with three children at home. Two out of three are awake right now. My Scottish Terrier and my husband in the bedroom quarantine doing conference calls. And then, of course, Hannah's amazing nurse was here with us all week. Thank goodness, because she has been a lifesaver. So you might hear a few noises in the background because this is life, right? Um, but we, I mean, we are healthy. We're so thankful that nobody else has gotten anything. And, you know, we're just a little stir crazy. We've still managed to continue with our eating healthy, and I've still managed to get my workouts in. And I surprisingly have a very good attitude other than just being exhausted and ready to, you know, bust out of this house. But thank goodness I recorded this episode a few weeks ago. So today's guest is a returning guest and my good friend, Mrs. Abby Dye. Abby is the assistant to Mayor Pope, and she is also a brand new mom. So today we're diving into what it's like being a new mom. Um, We're talking expectation versus reality and all the new baby things, and then what the future looks like for Abby um, with her career. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome back to Moms in the Hub, and I'm so excited to have a returning guest with me today, one of my good friends, Miss Abby Dye. How are you doing, Abby? I'm good. I'm excited to be back again. A lot has happened since the last time I've been on. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay, so last time you were on, we talked about your career and, you know, future plans, and then a lot has changed, so kind of just fill us in on family, you, kind of what's going on. Right. So the last time I came on, I didn't have a baby yet, so (laughs) (laughs) that's a big life change, and there had not been a pandemic happening yet. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so a lot has changed. Everything with my job has changed. I wanted to go back and listen to the episode and see if y'all asked about kids. And I think I just said, oh, I just have two dogs. And so now I have a baby. But since last time I've been on, we had a little baby Ford who's with me today. Yes. Um, And he's 10 weeks old as of Sunday. And he's a good little guy, but he may have some chatter while we're on today. Uh, Trey is still working at Tyler Technologies. He has been working from home for the last... Um, in February, it'll be two years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so it's been great having him home. What a blessing to have him home during all my maternity leave because he's been so helpful and it's been a lot of fun getting to spend time with him. Still working for the city. As a lot of Lubbock moms know, the city was really involved with, you know, 
pandemic like safety precautions and promoting the um, vaccine and where you can get the vaccine and working with our state governments and federal governments on all sorts of different mandates. So it's been really wild since I've been on here last. And yeah, and then also navigating now being a mom versus the last time I was on being clueless. Right. <laughs> I feel like I have changed so much too and maternity leave has been awesome as well so that's just I'm rambling now because my brain I have mom yeah mom brain yes I mean everybody we understand totally yeah you're officially in the mom's group yeah Yeah, I wasn't last time I was just a guest and now I'm like uh been baptized by fire but yes I you know I've spoken several times since baby Ford um joined the world he's the y'all he's the cutest thing ever he looks like a little doll and I cannot wait to hold him in a little bit <laughs> get my baby fixed right. since my baby's almost five but so when you and I have talked we talked a little bit about your pregnancy but tell tell me how that all went was it how you expected it to be or or how was that right um I've always I just will start out. I've always I grew up a Christian, but now like after being pregnant and being a mom, I feel like my faith has just I've jumped into the deep end of faith and my personal Christian, you know, Christian faith because I mean Trey and I were not planning on getting pregnant mm-hmm. and I got pregnant and um so that was a fun surprise and then thankfully my pregnancy was it was amazing because I was only sick. I think I was sick the first two weeks. Um, after I found out, mostly like mentally, I was like, how am I going to be a mom? Right. <laughs> I'm unprepared for this. And so I think it was more a mental game. But thankfully, I didn't have any sickness. Um, had a really healthy pregnancy. I feel like I was huge. Um, at the end, I look at pictures of myself. and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I look like oh. I'm having twins. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's what everybody thinks. Yeah. So no. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it was just a really great pregnancy. At the very end, you know, you get so tired and my work was really flexible and because of COVID, you know, I'd learned to work from home. And so I worked from home the last week or so, which was a blessing. Um, we had Florida covenant, which I love covenant hospital. They took really good care of us. We love our doctor there. Um, I went in and was induced because they were worried Ford was going to be like nine and a half pounds, which he wasn't. He oh was, really? Yeah. He was eight, seven. Oh wow. So he was pretty normal, but he was 22 and a half inches long. So he was really tall, which I think is why they were he was measuring so big. And so I was induced on the 25th of September, and they just started me on the pills to soften my cervix. Yeah. On the third one, uh, my water broke. So I got to experience what your water breaking feels like. And funny enough, I had gone to the hospital a week before because I was like, I think my water broke. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's still there. And they'll and I was like, well, I, I have felt some liquid. And I was like, oh, no, I just peed myself. That's what happened in the middle of the night. Hey, get used to that. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to confess on that one. So we, it was the week before, and when they sent us home, I cried because I was embarrassed because I basically went up because I peed myself, went to the hospital because I peed myself. And two, I was so ready for him to be out. I just was so big, and, you know, I basically had to wear a mask two summers in a row because of COVID, and one was, like, 50 pounds heavier. Yeah. So that was tough, but... Um, anyway, so I was induced on the 25th, went into labor. Um, I got an epidural. My doctor was great. He basically just said, whenever you want it, you can get it. Because of COVID, it wasn't as busy because they had to make sure they had extra rooms for moms and moms who had been exposed. Thankfully, I was not exposed to COVID. And um, my anesthesiologist came in, gave me the epidural, but it only worked on 
on my right side. So I, so they're like, lay on your left side, see if the medicine kind of like goes through your system. And it didn't. So I labored um, from a three to an eight, basically naturally on one side, but not on the other. Was like, that painful? It was wild. So really you could, you could, I mean, I was touching my right leg and I couldn't feel yeah. it at all. And I was having a full blown contraction on my left side. It was the most bizarre, wild thing. And it hurt. I was, I had, I had not mentally prepared for contractions. Like I probably should have, but I also expected my epidural to like make me totally numb. So that was a really, I mean, at the time it was miserable, but looking back now, I'm glad I could experience that. So I could kind of get a little taste of like what our moms who go in without wanting medicine go through. Mm -hmm. That's not my, it's not for me. So, but I got to try it out. And then at the very end, I was almost to a nine. I just basically begged my anesthesiologist to try it again. So she took my epidural out, put it back in, like mid-contraction. Trey, my husband, was like holding me, trying to keep me still. And then within five minutes, I was totally numb. Okay. So then I took a nap, and uh, I pushed for about an hour. And it was great, because I couldn't feel anything after, you know, (laughs) how many hours of having contractions that I could feel. And Ford was born on the 26th. Um, it's my, so 26 is actually my birthday. So we share a birthday. Wait, your actual birthday. Yes. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, this is my birthday baby. And oh, so, what a great present. I know. Whenever <laughs> we first found out he was going to be due in late September, I was like, oh yes, I'm going to have this baby on my birthday. I know it. His due date was the 29th, but you know, I was kind of pushing for the 26th yeah. the whole time. So it was really cool to have him on my birthday and the best present ever. Yeah. And he screamed for a little, and then he's been a sweet little guy. His temperament's been pretty much the same since he's been born, which is really sweet. Well, you know, I had Hudson on my in-law's anniversary. Oh, really? So I'm like, nobody can top that anniversary (laughs) good. Your first grandchild on your anniversary. And he's the first one with a good present. And then I forget it's our anniversary. I'm like, oh, yeah, happy anniversary. Well, it's a good reminder, too, on Hudson's birthday, you can text your in-laws. That's awesome. So is Trey... I don't think I've ever met Trey. Is he tall? So Trey is six foot, maybe six and a half, like okay. almost six one. The men in my family are all pretty tall. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where Ford gets it. And so um, um, Ford is actually a nickname. Um, Trey, his name is Howard Brown Dye the third. He goes by Trey. And then Ford is Howard Brown Dye the fourth. Right. And so we were trying to come up with nicknames for the fourth. We thought about Ward, you know, like Howard, but... Um, I wouldn't want people to think his name was Word, or it's mm-hmm. just there's different ways people could say that. And so with Ford, you can't really mess that up. Yeah, so, I love it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clever, but then yeah. I was also worried: is this pregnancy brain telling me like this is a good <laughs> idea? But now I've, it's still really good. And people always have their opinions about everything, right. so you just have to do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. But I, it was really special to get to name Ford after Trey and after. Trace dad Howard so yeah that is special and I love the I love Ford yeah and it's cute by itself and it's special that he's named after his dad and he was born on my birthday so yeah he's our special little guy he was totally meant to be yeah okay so you had a pretty crazy uh birth story Mm -hmm. and then coming home I mean was it everything that you expected because I know like I know when I first was pregnant with Hudson and it never turns out the way that you think it's going to be. Right. And, I mean, I knew I was going to be very... I'm just a worrier by nature. I mean, it's in my family. And it hasn't stopped. It's just gotten worse. Right. So, how are you as a mom? Yikes. I think all moms, to some 
extent are warriors too or and if they're not born with it I think when their child is born they're born with it too mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least that's how it's been for me it was nice because we had an induction date so that last week before I had Ford you know we went on a date we cleaned the house um, we were able to see friends and just take care of things we wanted to and so when we went home I'm a little bit of a control freak so I was like that's gonna be great we have his bassinet set up right. his little um you know, sound machine, every, we have everything set up. We had our room cleaned. We had our room set up the way that it was going to be when he slept in the room with us and his little bassinet. Um, and so we got home and you don't really have a lot of time to, but we got home and I was like, well, what do I do with this baby now? Like, <laughs> do I just hold him all the time? Like usually with babies, I get to send them home with their parents, like my friend's kids. Yeah. And so thankfully my mom fed us and I just kind of sat there and let her serve me and the baby, you know, laid in his uh, docutot, which we love. And so it was time to go to bed. And I was like, I don't know a bed. Like, what is a bedtime routine? Like, he's already in pajamas. He's been in pajamas all day. What do I do for you? So yeah. I just changed his diaper and put him in the bassinet next to the bed. And it was the worst night we've had his first night home. Yeah. Because um, everything's off. Yeah. It feels like, welcome, little stranger, into our place that we've created the last four years mm-hmm. and now you're here and I just thought that first night was going to be a lot more of a natural transition and it was awkward it felt awkward and I didn't realize how much pain I'd be in after my meds had worn off you know I just had not prepared for it. you're not gonna be able to bend down and pick up your baby the way you need to mm-hmm. or if you do you're gonna be hurting when you do it and so that first night you know we put him in the bassinet he screamed and he doesn't even really scream, you know, so he just really hated it. So we basically sat up in bed all night with him. And whenever he would fall asleep, we'd put him down and he would wake up immediately. So, um, and I think it was because he was hungry, you know, my milk had not come in. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know how to mix a bottle of formula. Yeah. And I was nursing him, but he wasn't like really getting anything. So it was just this whole... It's stressful. It was just a stressful situation. So at like four in the morning, Trey and I were like, I think that we have some formula in the kitchen. And I think we have a bottle that was sent to us for free by those companies. Right, that yeah. Send you stuff. So <laughs> literally, goodness. we didn't even have a bottle. We didn't have formula. I thought he was getting enough from my breast. But again, my milk had not come in yet. Yeah. So, And he's a hungry guy now that we know him. And so he was just hungry all mm-hmm. that first night. So we mixed a bottle, probably did it wrong. <laughs> and whatever, who knows. And he took it and he slept for an hour. So that first night, we literally got like an hour of sleep. You know, and this is after sleeping in the hospital, being in labor. So I really hadn't slept in 36 hours or whatever it was. So When people can tell you all the things and it's still going to be different. It was so awkward. And I feel like I'm good around kids. It just was awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not know how to act around this baby and around my husband and... The whole pregnancy, I felt really connected to Ford. But this moment, whenever he was supposed to be mine in my house, I'm the mom. I had no idea what I was doing. And my mom was in the next room. And I just wanted to be like, can you come in here yeah, and help fix us? It. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I let her sleep. But then the next morning, I think she had heard Trey and I like bumping around trying to figure out like what to do with this baby all night. And she said, okay, we're just going to try him in his crib. And so we, you know, the next night we swaddled him. My mom helped me. My mom was a really big encourager about breastfeeding and, and helping me figure that out because I really wasn't, you know, I was pretty neutral. Like, if he takes formula, whatever. If he does breastfeeding, right. whatever. 
but um, she really helped me just because, again, I didn't have any formula when I went home. And that second night, we swaddled him up and put him in his bed, and he slept like three hours, which was great for him. Yeah. This is the one oh, hour yeah. the night before. And um, he's been sleeping in his crib ever since. Like, So he's never slept with us in his bassinet ever again since his oh, okay. first night. So he's hey, I mean, bed. getting that over with and it's working. Right. And so my mom, I really felt like I had to lean on her a lot that first week. And I really can't tell her thank you enough. Yeah. She cooked meals for us. And whenever he was, you know, napping, he likes to be held when he takes his naps. And, um, yeah, a mom helped second generation, you know, two generations of moms. And that was really special to have her there with me that week. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, Trey and I both were like, who let us take this tiny baby home? <laughs> like, you're such amateurs. I think everybody feels that way. And then, but even if, like, with the second one, I'm still like, what am I doing here? You know? I mean, actually, I have a 12 year old and I don't know what I'm doing. So I can't tell you that it gets any better. I guess you get in your routine. But yeah, having your mom there, I think for anybody that maybe doesn't have any help around, mm-hmm having friends that come over or the the mills is so huge. I mean, the last thing you want to think about is cooking a meal when you just want to sleep. Oh, so my mom was there and had meals prepped for us for the, at least the first two weeks. And then my best friend, Emily had a meal train set up for us for the next six weeks on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just because we knew we'd have leftovers. We would eat that. But I mean, consistently we got meals until probably his fifth week. And about that time I was feeling good enough to like, use my brain and create meals, you know, in the evening or making sure I have groceries. But I mean, moms are amazing even for their adult mom children. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're always the baby. Yes. I mean, even Hallie this morning was saying, um, I'll, I'll always be your baby even when I have babies. I'm like, that's right. That's exactly right, Hallie. But with Hannah, the last eight weeks of my pregnancy, I was on bed rest, full bed rest. And we have literally just moved to Louisiana two weeks before I got put on bed rest. And so we, no, three weeks, because we took a week to unpack. Then one week we went to church. The next week we went to church. And then I got put on bed rest. So thank goodness that church that we went to, Mm -hmm. they just, I mean, there wasn't mill trains back then, but they just kept bringing food. And that's the only way we survived. (laughs) Seriously, I don't know what I would have what I would have done without my mom. My, thankfully, Trace's parents live in town, so mm-hmm. we would have leaned on our in-laws, right. and they, we do, and they're very helpful. But you have to have people. Like, I don't know. And now, as a mom, I'm like, single moms out there are super women, yes. superheroes. I don't know how you're doing it, but they're likely doing it, hopefully, with a good support system. Yeah, it takes a village. It really does. And it takes a village not even just... It's not even for the baby. It's for the mom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, the village is there for the mom, and I think that's how it should be, just to help educate her, help her heal. Mm-hmm. Again, I do. I mean, I was just was not prepared for how much pain I would be in after. Yeah. And how I didn't feel good to sit or stand or lay for at least three weeks, mm-hmm. and that's just my experience. But I So I have done both C-section and uh, vaginal birth, and... Um, I can't tell you which one's worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, they both have really bad things about them. I just remember I wanted to sit in the tub all the time. Yeah. And then you look back and, well, actually, I was looking back up from my hysterectomy, and you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I did. I survived. <laughs> but how is Trey adapting to fatherhood? Trey is really sweet and gentle, and he always has been. Uh-huh. And I love that about him. He's also really consistent. So I never have to guess with Trey. 
and that was always really good for our marriage. It, it was really good for our dating life, and now it's really good as Tim as a dad, you know. Um, I think Trey would tell you, too, he didn't have a lot of experience with babies before yeah. we had our own baby, and so I can't, you know, the first time he was holding his boy, that's probably the most natural he's ever felt holding a baby, mm-hmm. and I told you earlier, we were both like, who is sending us home with this child? We were <laughs> amateurs. And so Trey has been a huge help. And, I mean, he's the same Trey. It's just cool to see him, um, I guess, learn this new part of himself, like how I am. Right. And I guess there's more resources out there, too, helping moms. Like, you're going through this big change. Here's what to expect. And you really don't see a lot of resources for dads. That's true. You know, I had a nine-month head start on Trey to feel comfortable with this baby. Because, as you know, when we found out, we were both in shock and terrified. But I kind of came around to the idea of, like, okay, this is happening. I'm going to be a mom. Because it was physical for me, you mm-hmm. know. And so he's kind of learning on a nine-month curve of that I had, you know, a head start on. Yeah. And he's been really natural and really sweet, just like how he always is. But one thing I've, you know, seen about Trey, too, is that he is... A really good partner and so him being a dad has just shown me like this is why I picked this person this is why I married this partner because whenever I'm nursing forward or I'm changing a diaper he's picking up in the living room or filling up my water bottle which is huge because right. you have to stay hydrated you have to stay hydrated yeah. and um so when we divide and conquer which we always have it's just been more crucial I feel like these last 10 weeks mm-hmm. to have I can't do it all and so Trey has been a really incredible partner in that and He's funny with Ford. We say, I'm this dada, this is Ford. And so we really try not to talk in like baby voices to him. Yeah, it's I hard. don't know why. It's hard not to, but you know, we do a lot of narrating to him, and Trey does that too. Like, this is daddy's working right now. This is the laptop because we'll sit in bed in the mornings and drink coffee. And there's going to be so many different changes. Like, you're going to go through so many different things in their ages. And, you know, if you bring another child in or when you go to school and, all these different things. So it's just going to be a transition, you know, a lot of times in your life. Right. And so Trey's just, what I've learned, is really flexible. He's really able to go with the flow. Um, he's not selfish, like thinking, like, it's all about him. You know, I usually cook dinner, and so Trey helps with dishes, and Trey right. owns a dishwasher. He's a really great partner, and it's just really secured that in me. And mm-hmm. there's areas where I've really suffered in our marriage since having a baby, and I think he has too, but we've been able to balance that out with each other. So yeah. he's just, he's awesome. I well, could go on and on about <laughs> Well, you, like you said, you had nine months of bonding and for a man, it's not the same and it's hard. You know, I remember Sam saying one time that he was sad that he didn't get to have that. Mm-hmm. I mean, not he wants to be, he doesn't want to be pregnant or right. anything, but it's sad that he didn't get to experience some of the things that I got to experience with our kids. Right. And so, yeah, they have to have that bonding time and. Mm-hmm. And kind of figure it all out, too. Yeah. And, I mean, you bring a stranger, a little baby stranger, into your home. But then, in some ways, your husband kind of turns into a stranger, yeah. too, in some ways. that we've At least that's been my experience, you know. Trey and I were talking about it. And sometimes it feels like, you know, Ford and, Ford and I are the, you know, the solar system. He's just kind of orbiting around <laughs> us sometimes. And I hate that for him because Trey is such a, I mean, he's equally Ford's parent. But... It's just kind of how it is sometimes on maternity leave or those first few weeks of postpartum. And so Trey's really leaned into that and been helpful whenever he could have, you know, recoiled back and been like, what about our relationship? So it's just, 
I didn't realize it was going to be so challenging on a marriage too, yeah. which every marriage has their challenges, you know, but, um, you either have to be on the same team or you're going to really fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm glad that you brought that up because like, so I don't, maybe some people don't think of that perspective, how it is hard for the dad, for the man, when you have your bonding with your, your child that you just mm-hmm. gave birth to and they may not know what their role is. Like, what am I supposed to do? Right. And guys don't typically voice mm-hmm. those kind of things if they are feeling that way or, or maybe not confident to voice that. So I think it's important that you bring that up because women need to think about that too, mm-hmm. that, you know, bring the dad in to, to, mm-hmm. to whatever you're doing or make his role especially known during this time so they, yes. they don't feel like that. And I also, I have to, I need to ask Trey, like, this is what's going to be helpful to me when I'm doing this for Ford because for our marriage, I don't have to say it. He knows like what I need, um, you know, because we've been in this routine, we've done this for four years, you know, the four right. years when we were dating, eight years we've been together. And um, so it's like relearning a new part of the relationship and you have to communicate, this is what I need. And so there were things that I wasn't telling Trey. And when he didn't do that, I was mad at him. So I was <laughs> not really doing a service for him at all, which I cannot be the only one that's done this. So. Oh my God. That's funny <laughs> that you say that. <laughs> my husband and I were just talking um, over the weekend and he was telling me something that he was upset about or whatever. And usually... Like, sometimes he just acts upset. And I don't, like, I can't read your mind, even after 16 years. And he said it. I'm like, I'm so glad that you said that because now I know. And communication is key, but it's hard. And I've done the same thing. I like to say I've learned, but I haven't even, you know, at 16 years that I just, I'm mad at him for not reading my mind. Right. And he's mad at me for not reading his mind. And then we just walk around mad at each other. Right. So, yeah, communication, if you can get that. Right. That nail down, it's helpful. There's been a couple of days when Trey and I have walked around mad at each other, both confused about why the other's <laughs> mad, and both feeling fully justified in how angry we were individually. Exactly. And so we try to, this is kind of mushy, but we try to like have one hug, but we just stand there and like hold each other at least once a day. I'm like, okay, did we hug today? And that seems like kind of robotic <laughs> in a way, but it's really been helpful for us to like make time because you. I mean, he's working from home, and I have the baby at home, so it's been kind of busy, but that's been really good for us. Well, it's like a reset, you yeah, know? Yeah, it is. It's kind of like, okay, I'm mad at you, but when you're hugging somebody, it's hard mm-hmm. to, like, not let it go a little bit right. and relax. Yes. And, and, like, you're thinking about other things or all the other things you need to be doing. One time Ford was crying in the background, and we just stood there and let him cry for a second because we needed to have a hug. <laughs> and, um, you know, my mother-in-law told me, you for, when, you're ha- when you have kids – that relationship's really important to you, but when the kids are all gone and grown up, who are you left with? <laughs> You're yeah. still left with your spouse, so you have to make sure you continue that relationship and don't truly put it on the back burner mm-hmm. because, you know, that's who you'll end up with, hopefully, at the end. Yeah. And um, so we were talking about worrying, and I know you and I have talked about this before. <laughs> yes. And you, did, you thought that maybe you wouldn't be a worrier, right? Yes. And it's completely changed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty type B and people at work are probably like laughing like no she's not she's (laughs) type A at work but I naturally I think I'm type B but the older I've gotten the more anxiety I feel like I've started having and it's never been diagnosed or anything but I can feel it you know my body can feel it and so since having Ford I mean part of the reason I didn't sleep that whole first night was because I 
had my finger under his nose, like <laughs> making sure like I could feel the little breaths going in and out. Yes. And that came over. That was like a wave. Like one night, Abby was carefree. She was pregnant. She was chilling. And the next day, she was worried every moment that this tiny human was breathing. And that is a really big turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> I never had to roll over and put my finger in a tray's nose to make sure he did anything. I just knew that, <laughs> that would happen, you know? And so that has been really tough. And I probably lean on the side of having postpartum anxiety mm-hmm. than depression because my mom said after that first night I came in and I was just talking like 100 miles an hour. So get it. The less sleep I got, the more like anxious and hyperactive mm-hmm. that I got. And so I think it was pretty clear to my mom, like if Abby's going to thrive at this, she needs to get some sleep. And I, that's probably how it is for every mom. Mm-hmm. But instead of going downhill, I just was getting way too wired. Mm-hmm. And that's not good for baby either or for living your life. Right. Wired. It, and they sense it. Yeah. And that's, you know, especially with, with the breastfeeding and, mm-hmm. you know, you're having trouble with that. I had to get mm-hmm. um, assistance um, right. with, I think all three kids because mm. um, it didn't come easily or naturally and it took a little bit yeah. um, it eventually worked out but I mean there's just so much pressure whether you're formula or breastfed or you know where the baby gonna sleep when you're gonna sleep right. house husband there's just yeah. so much to do and it's there's no rule book I mean I know there is the books but <laughs> <laughs> there are actually books but... right right but I mean it's just a lot and and you don't realize it until you experience mm. the going through all that right and I was, I was people probably did tell me these things but I didn't right. really listen but I didn't know it would take maybe three days before my milk came in yeah so Ford was going to be cranky and thinking trying to nurse like I thought I was nursing him but he wasn't getting any, mm-hmm. getting anything you know I had birth or birthed a child two days before like going in to the doctor's office thankfully Trey again was working from home so he could carry the car carrier for me because I don't think I could have lifted it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just so much to be anxious about as a mom. And so I'm really thankful in my experience that my mom was at the house with us for that first week. And Trey was working from home and works for a great company that just said, take the time that you need yeah. um, to help out. And I really didn't think I would be this anxious. And so I have to, one of my friends told me that, Motherhood, and I'm probably going to butcher this saying, but her mom told her, motherhood is about, I mean, surrender. Like, you have to, some of the stuff you really do have to just give it up to God. You do your best, use your resources, but you have to give that anxiety up to the Lord because, he, you know, trying to manage that by yourself is just going to run you into the ground. Yeah. And um, have had to pray a lot. I've had to, you know think about the counseling exercises I've had, you know, with my counselor, like breathing and making sure I'm not having panic attacks and making sure I'm not even letting myself get to that point mm-hmm. where I'm having panic attacks, um, having mom friends and a, you know, a community of other mothers who aren't going to just critique what you're doing and just say, I am so sorry I've been there or yeah. I haven't been there, but I'm with you. That has been really helpful. Yeah, can we, like, stop with the judging other mothers? Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So we all, it's such a different path. Right. And Every mom's going to do it differently, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works for your family. Exactly. And so I have really good friends that aren't, well, maybe you should try this, which they do whenever I ask, but they're not just going to give me what I should be doing or the critiques. They're just, I have a really good group of friends and mom friends who will listen, a supportive partner, um, and I 
just had to be really faithful to and yeah give it give it to God I know that sounds a little cheesy but it really has got me through some of those anxious nights I mean it's just I feel guilty when I worry as much as I do and I know that it's passed down my grandmother's a worrier to my mom and I am really aware of this because I don't want to pass it down to my kids and I know I've already passed it down to Hudson mm-hmm. he is very anxious and worries a lot and it is my fault I know that and I you know I get upset with myself because I am supposed to pray about everything when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm worried about or everything. And to me, it makes me feel like I'm not a faithful, good and faithful servant when I am not giving it to God and I'm worrying the way that I do to the point where it keeps me up at night. I'm having panic attacks. So you do have to surrender. That's the perfect way of putting it. You have to, there's only so much you can control. Right. And a lot of things are out of your hands, no matter what you do. Yeah, exactly. And I am a bit of of a control freak myself. And so, I mean, I have to do that or it, you know, it's going to come crumbling around, you know, down around me. So Trey can take, you know, part of that load. My friends can take on part of that load. They did already by, you know, bringing me meals. And a lot of them are busy moms themselves that said, okay, I'm going to have food delivered to Abby. And it's a sacrifice that I'm making to this mom, but I mean, you have to ask for help, and yeah. that's been a big thing, too. You have to give it to God, and you also have to give it to your village yeah. to help you, too. And they will. That's why they're your people. I think that we and we think, as moms, that we have to do it all. I think there's a pressure. Yes. And I don't know if there's a pressure we put on ourselves or just this kind of fake world that's out there mm-hmm. where you just see the highlights and stuff. Um, but, I mean, you have to have a support system. You can't do it all. Or you can't do it all well. And you can't do it all and still maintain your mental health and your physical health. I've learned that a lot this summer. And you have to reach out for help. And you have to ask questions to people that may have experienced this. And, I mean, maybe it's not the same experience, but you can take a little bit of what they tell you and, you know, have something to go go with. Mm -hmm. So. Right. And. You and I have talked a lot about being minimalists or hoping to be minimalists someday. And I'm very new at the mom game. But, I mean, you have to minimize, like, what's important. Mm -hmm. Truly, what is important today. Ford does not have, like, super stylish outfits. Like, the Instagram babies that I love to look at, like, their little pages. They're so cute. But he doesn't need it. Right. You know, that's really not going to make or break if he's breathing. You know? Exactly. (laughs) And he's going to be in it for, like, two weeks. Right. Exactly. So, I'm not going to spend the money on that. And... You know, my house is a little bit of a mess, but thankfully because I've tried to minimize, there's less to clean up. Yeah. And so you just have to kind of figure out, I don't know, I think mother, the last 10 weeks of motherhood. <laughs> You're a professional. Me. Yes, I'm a professional now. I'm just kidding. That's hilarious. If I come back on like two years later like I did, it's, it's going to be a joke. You can play this back. It's a blooper reel. But, I mean, you really have to figure out what is important. Yeah. Because so much of what we're told as moms with the gadgets and what you have to look like and what you have to accomplish and what your kids need to be, milestones your kids need to be hitting, like what really is important? Mm-hmm. What is going to keep them breathing and ha- you know safe? Are the important things accomplished? Yes. And you know what? I'm so proud of you because <laughs> you are, I wish that I would have been your age when I realized this. Because, well, because I think of all the years where I was looking at not superficial, but things that weren't maybe as important. And now I'm realizing how fast the years are going. And, you know, I look at Hadley and she's about to be five and she's, I mean, she's not a baby anymore and I'm done having babies. Mm -hmm. And I think I've got to cherish this more. And how can I accomplish that? Like, what can I cut out of my life 
it's going to allow me to spend more time doing the things that are important for our family. Right. Well, I think what helped me with that is having mom friends that have kids that are older than mine. Like, you know, it's good to have a group of friends that's your age that's in it with you. Like, most of my friends from college, they have little babies. They're having little babies right above and right below Ford, but it's good to also have mom friends that are, have kids that are a little bit older who've been there, done that. Yeah. Um, like you and all my friends with Lubbock moms. And so that's been really helpful to see, you know, it goes by really quickly. It does. I put Ford down for a nap or put him down to bed. And all I do is go through and like, look at the pictures <laughs> the last 10 weeks and look at his newborn picture. I'm like, he was so teeny tiny and he's still teeny tiny, but, um, it's just, it has gone by so fast. Even in the days where I'm like this day, is dragging on. I'm really not doing it. I'm not killing it today. And then it's the next day. You know, it's yeah. going by so quickly already. Like so, the saying, the days are long, but yes. the years are short. Is that it? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, I feel like I repeat that self to myself every day because I should know it. You're right. It's, you just have to don't sweat the small stuff and just worry about the important things. Right. And it's, I mean, you, and then, I mean, like you said, surrender. Like, we were having this conversation before we came on, started to record. But I told you about the incident at Hudson School, how there was a threat of violence, and they have determined there isn't a threat, but they're still investigating. And then I get a phone call this morning saying there's an airdrop to his iPad that um, of a picture that showed a threat and a date of when this would happen at a school. And so, I mean, as a parent, you just freak out completely. Right. You just want to talk to your kid. You want to put your hands on them, know that they're physically okay and what's going on. And you think you're not going to overreact, but I, it's pretty safe to say I overreacted. Um, but there's just, I don't know, you have to pray for them. You have to teach them how to be aware of things, you know, what to look out for, unfortunately. You know, it's got to that point. And then you have to just have faith and that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because there's a threat everywhere. I hate to say that. Right. <laughs> you know, we said this or we talked about this before, but... What is junior high going to look like when Ford is 12? Yeah. Who knows? I have no idea. And one of my friends, Ford, had a play date with her kids last week, and they're two and eight months. She said, half the time I want to homeschool, and half the time I want to send them to school. School is really scary coming up for her kids, and they're still several years away, but, you know, convicted, like, I want to homeschool my kids, but maybe I do I don't know like yeah. school is just really intimidating right now and I have years before I have to think about it but with all the moms who have kids in school I mean that is just I don't know I don't know I mean I would have never thought three years ago we'd be going through a pandemic and homeschooling our kids right. and going through all that we've gone through so you never know well, I have thankfully years before I have to think about school <laughs> this before. is true yeah <laughs> right now you can just think about <laughs> When he starts crawling oh. and all that fun stuff and <laughs> baby proof in the house. That's what I'm, I mean, we are worriers because, I mean, again, Ford is 10 weeks old and I'm already worried about him going to high school. So <laughs> I need to calm down with that. Yeah, for sure. Are you going to baby proof? Yes. Yeah, so we got, I think so. Our house is um, not super baby proofed right now. So yeah, I think we'll have to. I've got a bunch of the likes, or I registered for a lot of the plug covers and everything. Um, and we got those on our registry and I was pressuring Trey, like 
the week before I was induced. I was like, we got to get the house baby proofed. And then he's going to come out crawling. Of course we didn't. And then I came home and I was like, wow, that was dumb. Like he doesn't, Ford doesn't move. He lays in my arms all day. So we have a while to go for that. Well, with Hudson, we didn't. And we it was just mm-hmm. where we were at the time. It was like our Sunday school group. And somebody said something about, you know, they do it once and they learn mm-hmm. now. I have to say, with his personality, that was absolutely on point. Right. Hudson touched something hot once, never did it again. Right. You tell him no, to this day, he doesn't do it again. Okay. Now, yes, with Hadley, <laughs> that is not the case. So we do have to use the little, or yeah. we don't anymore, but we did because, she, I mean, she's trying to stick stuff in the outlets. So, I mean, it's just the personality. Right. So. Yeah, and, I mean, he already is starting to kind of form a little personality in mm-hmm. some of the things he does, and so... I guess before we go through all the work of baby, I don't know. We'll see. Her baby proofing gets the dog right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's pretty content. Yeah, Um, he seems like it. He's pretty content, but he can go from zero to a hundred really quick Mm -hmm. with his temper. So who knows? So at this point, who does he look like more? Definitely Trey. Um, If you see Trey's baby pictures, it's really kind of spooky that they look so much alike. He has a goofy little smile he does that looks a lot like my baby pictures and so, but he's very serious all the time and he doesn't smile a lot so <laughs> he really looks a lot like Trey right now so okay so what has been the most rewarding thing about motherhood Gosh. in the last 10 weeks the of way, your life <laughs> the last 10 weeks what has been the most rewarding um, I guess a win is actually being able to do breastfeeding I didn't realize how hard it was how hard that was yeah and so that's been a really rewarding thing that I am able to do for Ford it's really special when I'm breastfeeding and I look down and he is just staring at me and like I guess knowing that I am this baby's even when I don't know what I'm doing or I'm making it up as I go with the you know resources and keeping him safe like I'm his safe place and that feels really good to know like this baby feels comfort whenever I'm with him Mm -hmm. and that is really sweet to me and there may be you know whenever he's Hudson's age it may be his dad that is that safe space for him or maybe it's you know still me but I guess just it's the reminder of life is so fleeting your babies in these tiny moments are so fleeting that that has been really rewarding getting to experience motherhood you're making me cry over here (laughs) you're so right but um so that has been really sweet and getting to be that safe space and comfort for Ford has been so it feels good being the one for him and it makes me really proud to have accomplished that oh well so have you had any I guess you know him just being two weeks there were not there may not be any of those crazy (laughs) crazy funny stories of you know going to the store and having a blowout but have you had any funny stories yes um I guess the funniest thing or really mom fail we drove to Farwell my hometown or Clovis to do newborn pictures my Mm -hmm. sister is a photographer oh yeah that's right yeah Jillian Campbell photography that's her plug I'll put her in the show notes (laughs) um she's done all of our pictures so of course she was going to do our newborn pictures for Ford so we were in her studio and we were doing some little naked pictures of him. He had his hat on, and he was naked, and he was getting kind of fussy. And I was like, oh, look, just let me nurse him real quick so I can... I mean, sometimes all he needs is, like, a five-minute comfort snack, and we right. put him back down. I mean, like, like I saw. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do, too. So I picked him up and just put him on my lap and started nursing him, and he just pooped everywhere <laughs> on my leg, 
on the dress I was going to wear in pictures <sighs> with him. And I just didn't think, like, maybe we should diaper him up for these next five to ten minutes that he's eating. And he just, I mean, exploded everywhere in my leg, oh in my, my sister's new studio. Um, thankfully, it's rustic, so it wasn't like brand new floors <laughs> or anything. And so I was like, you know, Trey's like not freaking out, but where's the wipes? What, what do we do? Yeah. do? And I was like, there should be wipes in the bag. He opens it up. There's literally one wipe in the bag. And this is two weeks. You know, he wasn't even two weeks old. How did we run out of wipes already right. that we put in the diaper bag? No wipes. But this is a mom win with it. I always keep, like, diapers and wipes in the car in, like, a little package. So Trey had to go downstairs and get the wipes out of the car to bring up. But, of course, like, my kid poops on me, no wipes. Thankfully, I had a – because I'm a pack rat, I had an extra outfit in the car. Oh, yay. So I had extra wipes and an extra outfit in the car. But we just laughed, like, maybe we should have put him in a diaper before feeding him. And so he just pooped all over me. And this, this will be the perfect um, story to tell when he's 16 years old and brings a girl home exactly. or 18, whatever. I have a picture of it. Literally, Jill took a picture of me breastfeeding him on my lap naked seconds before he just let go. So <laughs> I love it. And uh, thankfully it was my sister, so it wasn't somebody right. I didn't know. I guess you probably hit on your biggest realization. Mm-hmm. but So this is one thing. I used to think before having kids... I think we've all done, well, when I'm a mom or my kids will know or whatever. Um, But I always just thought if so-and-so can be a mom and do this, then I can definitely do this. Like being a little bit condescending, a little bit overconfident. (laughs) And now I'm like, wow, instead of feeling like if so-and-so can do it, I can do it. It's like, wow, good for you, like for doing this and for taking it on. I just didn't realize like we're all kind of starting at this place. I don't know. I mean, obviously it's not an even playing field, but instead of it being a competition it's more like a tribe and like other parents hopefully the other parents in your life want to see you win yeah help you and even if they're giving advice that may seem judgy that's just they're trying to help you and trying to encourage you most of the time I feel like the people in your life are doing that so I guess it's Trey had mentioned this too he's like I didn't realize that um you know parenthood is kind of like this big club that you join and people really you're just in this like part of this club now like yeah. this dad club or this mom club and it really is true like I found a lot of comfort and a lot of sources of encouragement from other moms even strangers like you know there's that been that stranger in the store or whatever when Ford was screaming saying you, you're doing a good job just literally whispered it to me and walked off yeah and, you know so those moments like you kind of enter this like like it's like you see him across the thing yeah like, I know what you're going through right or when <laughs> he was screaming in Target this one time they didn't look at me and think like whose kid is that? You know, they just smiled and it was an older lady and smiled and she probably had had that experience, maybe not in a target, but you know, but every time that happens, I think, Oh, thank goodness. That's not my child. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I went to like, I don't know when I, I heard another baby crying in target. Um, I go to target a lot. And so I just wanted to go over there and say it's okay you're doing a good job. I don't care that he's crying, but that probably would be helpful. And why do we, I mean, we think that like, I don't know, we just say, oh, don't do this or don't do that. And nobody's, usually no. nobody's ever thinking that. Right. You've got those people that are thinking that, but most of the time they're just thinking, I, I've been there and done that. I know what right. you're going through. And I'm not trying to comfort my child to make someone else's experience feel better. You know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm trying to make him stop crying so he'll feel better, not right. because I care about if someone's over there feeling disturbed by his crying. Right. We're not responsible about for them over there. We're responsible <laughs> right. for him. Exactly. What's the best advice you've given, you've been given by another mom since becoming a mom? 
So this is just a blanket one, but sleep when the baby sleeps. Mm-hmm. I've really made a point. You know, we started out with bedtime, which I've been trying to take bedtime seriously, get him into a routine. That is one thing I've been pretty strict on and pretty, like, uh, straightforward. This is our bedtime routine. I was putting him down at, like, 8 o'clock. Now it's bedtime. And then he's waking up at 2. And some mom, maybe, I can't remember who it was, but they said, I mean, sleep when the baby sleeps. So if you're putting him down at 8, are you going to bed at 8? Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to bed at 10. And so then I stopped putting him down at 8 and started putting him down at 10. And so then he didn't wake up till 4.30. You know, it just shifted it back. Yeah. And so... Thankfully, Ford's a pretty good sleeper anyway, but that was really good advice. Like, sleep when the baby sleeps is kind of an eye roll, but whenever you think of it in that context, don't be wasting the hours when he's sleeping, not sleeping. Yeah. (laughs) And so that really was helpful. Um, Well, I didn't sleep when the baby slept with Hudson. Right. And then I just went around complaining about how tired I was all the time. (laughs) So. (laughs) Right. And so that has really helped me just be a nicer person because I've had really good sleep. Well, I guess this is a realization. This is back to your question before. I had Ford whenever my mom... I'm the same age that my mom was when she had me. Oh, okay. That's nice. And so my whole life, you think, like, you're my mom. You know what's going on. You're the adult. My parents know what's best. You know, or maybe not when I was 16, but, you know, right. it's my parents. They're the boss. They know what's going on. And now I think, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, my I'm mom... Right. My mom was growing up still and learning when she had me and I'm doing the same for Ford and so it gives me a whole new sense of grace and probably guilt because I was mean to my mom when I was 12 and 13 you know Mm -hmm. but it makes me feel a whole another level of appreciation for my mother and so advice there is just be really gracious with yourself and you don't have to do it all yeah and she told me that too that has been really good advice to help me think you didn't, maybe you didn't feel like you won the day. Maybe Ford didn't get a bath when he needed to, but he's asleep and he's been fed and he has a clean diaper right. and you get to hang out with Trey for an hour or so before bed. Like that's great. So that's some mom advice that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like my mom, my mom had my brother at 18, I guess maybe 19 and me 21. So she was still growing up right. and I just look back and I'm so grateful because she was working two jobs and then she ended up having a very successful job mm-hmm. even with having wow. two kids at home and then going through a divorce later mm-hmm. so I just I was actually on the phone with her yesterday thanking her and I don't do it enough and I need to do it more but yeah you're right I mean even I had Hudson at uh let's see 27 28 28 right and I still felt like what am I doing like I have no idea what I'm doing I'm too young. like I just I'm not mature enough and I still at 39 don't feel like mature enough <laughs> So, like motherhood is such a time warp because mm-hmm. you feel like no time's passed, but you know, I just feel like we're aging. I'm 10 weeks older than I was when That's I turned forward, and so time is a thief. And so, I just want to make sure. And my mom told me that you know, soak up every second, time is a thief, and the years just went by really quickly. Yeah, and now you know, I'm aging just as much as Ford is, and so what am I going to do with that time that we're, we have together, you know? There's that video maybe going around Instagram or TikTok that's like, you only raise children for a tiny blip of your life. Y'all, your lives, the timeline of your life and your child's life don't correspond the yeah. whole time. Even though it feels like they do because they're your whole world. Right. Your timelines aren't always going to be parallel. And so 
it's important that whenever they are, you really just maybe not do the most because that's not what matters, but you love them as hard as you can because someday they're not going to be parallel, you know, and they're going to have their own kids and that's who they're going to be parallel timelining with. That's true. Oh my goodness. As soon as Hudson walks through that door today and all the kids, I'm like just going to hug them and not let them go for a while. Yeah. Like I want to go get Hannah from school right now. We can't. We'll just go. Oh, they would love it. Happy, it's probably a good thing she's not here. She'd be like, oh, that's my baby. She'd be great. It's so easy, too. It's funny when she's around babies because she thinks she's so old. You know, like, oh, I'm the, I can show you the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your favorite lifesaver piece of equipment? There's gadgets, and I'm not even really a gadgets kind of gal, but there's a lot of them in apps. So my favorite thing hands down is the Owlet sock which we've talked about this before yes. and it's the thing that you put on his heel or his little foot at night before he goes to bed or when he naps whatever um, and it is essentially a heart rate monitor so on an app on your phone you can see his heart rate and his oxygenation level and so you can see he's breathing his heart rate's down or his heart rate's up or it's right where it needs to be and if it goes past a certain level the sensor that's in our bedroom or there's an alarm on your phone will go off and so I mean that is we've talked about worry and being anxious that is like one of the main reasons I can sleep at night yeah it's because of the outlet sock taking his nap in his crib during the day and he doesn't have it on I sit there and stare at his monitor to make sure that he's okay so I guess it cuts down on SIDS right I mean if a blanket went over his face and he started breathing it in, it, it makes sure it, it monitors it and it warns you before it's at a detrimental state. Right. So it's not like he's already past the point of suffocation when it, it warns you. It just, I mean, even if it goes below a warning level, it yeah. sends red alert. Give me peace of mind going to bed. Yeah. Um, another gadget is his white noise machine or mm-hmm. the sound machine. I really did not think it was going to be that big of a deal, but... He has one in his room that I can control the light on it and the sound with my phone, the Hatch sound machine. Okay, yeah. And then I also have these, I think this is the Yogi portable um, sound machine, Mm -hmm. and he's sitting in his carrier listening to it right now, and that's why he's been so quiet, and we keep it with us at all times. We don't have the the carrier that it goes into a stroller, but we should have gotten one, like, well, they're not cheap. They're not cheap, but, but we also wanted a bulky stroller just uh-huh. so we could throw stuff underneath. Right. But. I mean, I just, why didn't I think of some of this stuff? I know, it's brilliant. It's so <laughs> smart. And, I mean, even the simple things, like he doesn't sleep in a swaddle. He hated his arms being down. And so he would throw his arms out of his swaddle, and, of course, the blankets would come up next to his neck, which freaked me out. And so he sleeps in the Halo sleep sack, mm-hmm. which is like a little sleeping bag that has velcro wings on it so you can velcro his little arms down and then also you know how swaddles kind of move up towards their neck yeah it doesn't move it just stays around his shoulders and it's really warm so i love that um favorite little gadgets and one thing that's not really a gadget but the haka hand expressor pump i use that a lot i've seen that um i totally recommend that for moms who are going to try to breastfeed Mm -hmm. and um it really has changed the game, and it's helped me create a little milk stash for when I go back to work. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm feeding him on one side, I put it, because it suctions onto your breast on the other side, and it pulls out, you know, one or maybe two ounces of milk. Then you don't have to pump, 
and you're not like in pain. So that's been super helpful. Can you wear that under your clothes? No, because it hangs out. Oh, there okay. is one that's a little flatter, mm-hmm. um, but the, I just have the original haka. Yeah, well, that would have been come in handy when I was teaching. Right. And I wasn't able to get get away during my break to pump as much. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you could have done that. I mean, it would take. I mean, sometimes I can get three ounces off of it, which is a pretty good little stash, yeah. you know. And it if I up. if I do that during the day, you know, I have a full, you know, stash that I can freeze away. And um, I ordered the LV Stride Pump, which I'm super excited about. It's one where you can just put it in the cups of your bra. And it clips onto like your pants or like the middle of your bra and you can wear it. So it's a pump that you don't have to plug into the wall. You can, it's an actual pump where you can wear it around. And so it's actually on back order. Um, I ordered it through my insurance. It covered most of it. I still had to pay a hundred dollars for it, but I think it's really popular. So it's going to hopefully get here before I go back to work, but I'm really excited about that too. Okay. So speaking of work, you said when you go back to work um, recently, Mayor Pope, did say that he was not going to be running again for mayor for re-election. So what does work look like for you You're going forward? Right. So for those that don't know or didn't listen to my the podcast I was on previously, I work for the city of Lubbock. I'm Mayor Pope's assistant. And so, you know, when I went on a maternity leave, he would joke with people, I'm just leaving too when Abby does. <laughs> and it was a joke but because we work really well together. And um, I'm due to go back to work December 28th which is great because it's not a full week, you know, it kind of gives me a break in there. Um, Which means, so since Mayor Pope did announce he's not going to run again, his term will end in May of 22. Okay. Yes. And so I'll go back December 28th and I'll work likely until, um, you know, through Mayor Pope's final term. And like I said on the podcast that I was on before, thankfully, because I'm a city of Lubbock employee, not Mayor Pope's personal assistant, um, I would retain my job regardless of who the mayor was. So okay. there's already several people who've announced that they're going to run. Um, and so it'll be, it's going to be a pretty big, pretty busy race. Mm-hmm. So make sure you register to vote and yes. go and vote. And I don't even know who I'm going to vote for yet because not all the candidates I think have announced. Um, who knows? And also I've been in my cave of maternity. So. <laughs> right. Um, so that's coming up. And so, Whoever the mayor would be, I guess the election would happen in early May, and the new mayor would start, I guess, the next week or so, I think is how it happens. Okay. And then, um, so I would just work with them and get them kind of onboarded and help them out. Yeah. You know. They're really, they're really going to depend on you and your knowledge of, of this position. So. Right. Um, and that kind of, so I have a life event coming up, which I haven't really talked about much, but um, I was accepted so before I found out I was pregnant, actually two days before I found out I was pregnant, I turned in my application to Texas Tech Law School. Uh-huh. And again, it was on a Wednesday, and on that, that Friday, February 5th, <laughs> I found out I was pregnant. And then the next month, I found out that I was accepted to law school. Congratulations. Thank you. And Tech Law has been incredible. Um, they let me defer a year since okay. I didn't want to start law school nine months pregnant in September, um, or I guess early August, middle of August. And so I will actually be going to law school August of 22. That means whoever the new mayor is, I'm also leaving. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so okay, I'll so also are, yeah. be leaving. It's, and, it's a full-time. Right. I can't, unfortunately, I can't work and uh, do law school, even though I love working for the city. I, I've loved my job. I love working for Mayor Pope. I won't, you know, be working for the city anymore. So whoever the new mayor is, I'm probably going to stay on into July to help onboard and, um, 
you know, Mayor Pope has started a lot of really cool projects. And if this mayor wants to continue those, I can help out with whatever resources I have. Um, just kind of help out. We have some staff turnovers. Our chief of staff, Bob Goodwin, has retiring after 33 years at the oh, city. Wow. And so he is, has a wealth of knowledge that um, we're going to have to be, you know, we're going to be losing too. In fact, Bob will be leaving. He'll be gone by the time that I go back to work. So Aww. it's really sad. I've loved working with him and for him. So it's, you know, a lot of turnover with staff there. And so we'll be, you know, kind of on a learning curve as well. Mm-hmm. Big transition for everybody. Right. So, um, yeah, I was really bummed whenever I found out Mayor Pope wasn't going to be running again, but it kind of worked out because I'm going to law school anyway. So it's going to be fun getting to work these next six months with him and getting to do State of the City and hopefully another Mayor's Marathon and in April. And so getting to do a lot of fun projects that we've worked on together for the last three years and projects that he initiated, I guess, six years ago, whenever he first, first was elected. So, so it'll be a nice ending, right? Temple circle before you leave and he leaves. Right. So I've only worked for Mayor Pope um, thus far. He's been an incredible person to work for a really great champion. Um, in July of, I guess, 2020, whenever COVID first came, you know, it was big. I was exposed to COVID. And of course, then they were like, you got to stay home for two weeks, which I did. I worked from home. Right. And law school has been something that I had thought about doing when I first graduated with my undergraduate degree in 2016. And I just couldn't justify the expense. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life yet. So I just went into the workforce. And, but it had always been something that I just thought about. And, you know, what, where would I be now if I already had my law degree? And, you know, the timing worked out the way it needed to work out. Exactly. And, you know, I was quarantined at home, and I had just been thinking about this, and it was on my heart, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so he called me because we needed to work on some projects because, again, I was still working from home, even though I'd been exposed to COVID. And I asked him, is it a dumb idea that I'm thinking about going back to school for my law degree? And he's like, no, it's not dumb at all. I think that you would be great, and you should look into it. And mm-hmm. so he was one of the first people I told and one of the first people to just – automatically encourage me yeah. um and so he's been a great friend and mentor and a really good champion for me mm-hmm. with my career and thankfully Lubbock's a good town that has a lot of good people and hopefully we'll get someone who's really good as well yeah so I Lubbock would, deserves it Lubbock does and I really think that we'll have you know some great candidates in the race but I'm a little biased and love Mayor Pope <laughs> he's <laughs> been course. a good friend so Okay, so what kind of law do you want to practice? I'm not sure right now. Um, You know, what we saw with COVID is, you know, what industries are really flexible? What industries will there always be a need for? What businesses are really secure whenever a total life world changing event happens? And for me, there's always going to be, in fact, there's going to be more need for attorneys. um, You know, I feel like in the future, people who are experts in the law but that field is also really flexible too. You know, you don't have to work for a big firm anymore with social media, how it is, you know, I can build a website by myself. I don't need someone to build a website for me. Mm -hmm. I'll probably have someone do it for me anyway, just because (laughs) it takes a long time, but you know, just with how free and open the market is and how, I guess it's really a great time for entrepreneurs to see like, I want to work from home. I want that freedom. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, what if I want to raise my kids and stay at home and do a law practice part-time that would be something I could do with this degree 
And so for me, it's not really about what kind of law, but just the opportunity that it does open up. And so I would love to have a solo practice um, and do maybe some wills and trusts, ag business, kind of business documents. Family law is something that I said that I would never want to do, but there's a big need Mm -hmm. to take care of women and children and families. And so I, I, you know, I feel somewhat called to that. And then there's part of me that, of course, everyone thinks criminal cases are really interesting, but doing criminal law. Um, are you a true crime? Oh, man. Okay. Yes, definitely. And so <laughs> I absolutely. And so all those cases, they're fun to listen to, probably not fun to work, but um, criminal law could be really interesting. Municipal law with all of the COVID mandates and restrictions. There was a lot of cases that nobody really knew, like what's this is setting a new precedent that we've right? never seen before. And so I feel like municipal law for local you know local governments could be really interesting so I'm really going in with an open mind that's good well and I think you'd be a wonderful advocate for families and women and I mean you just you have such a good head on your shoulders and sometimes whatever you choose you're gonna be great at (laughs) I know you you are thank you I appreciate it well thank you so much for coming today and talking of course about new motherhood yeah (laughs) thanks for having me see you next time Thank you so much for listening to Moms in the Hub podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it on Instagram and don't forget to tag us. Have a wonderful week.